When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Welcome everyone back to the post-game broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm coming to you mere moments after UCLA's uh, 36-24 loss to Oregon State in Corvallis. Um, obviously a disappointing result. Um, this, you know, it, it certainly looked like a, an opportunity to me um, when I was previewing the game. Uh, I thought there were some uh, clear issues on both sides of the ball for UCLA in this game. Um, you know, real missed opportunity as far as uh, putting themselves in the driver's seat um, in terms of getting a potential Pac-12 title berth, uh, missed opportunity in terms of the momentum it would have given them going into the next four weeks of relatively soft scheduling, um, and obviously just a missed opportunity in terms of getting a big win on the road. Um, there was a lot, um, lot to, lot to take away from this, um, from a player perspective, I guess we'll start there. Um, Dante Moore really, really, really struggled, um, through three interceptions. Uh, you know, one of them you might give him just cause he was getting hit, um, when he was throwing it. The other two were just simply bad throws, bad decisions. Um, he threw the first interception, rolling to his left, throwing back across his body into traffic. And the, the shocking thing was, on the exact previous play, he'd just done the same thing and nearly been picked off. And then it was like they, I, I don't know, uh, that was bizarre to watch because you would think you would have trepidation about throwing it in that situation again, but he didn't, and it was picked off. Um, then there was the one where he was hit, and that was just, you know, I chalk that one up to unfortunate circumstances. There have been too many of those, but okay, given that one. The, the pick six again right before halftime was just a complete devastator. Um, UCLA had finally gotten some a little bit of rhythm, um, and I knew kind of going into that drive it was going to be chancy because with two minutes to go, I knew Chip Kelly was not going to be comfortable just running the ball, and that was where UCLA's recent success in the second quarter had come from. I knew it was going to be Dante Moore throwing, but then he got in a little bit of a rhythm, so you're like, oh, okay, maybe. Um, and then he does what he's been doing a lot of, which is stare down his target, and um, the cornerback made a great jump on it and picked it off, um, you know, throwing – deep to the sideline. Um, yeah, I mean, the best you can say for Dante Moore is he didn't throw an interception in the second half, but it was, um, he had a really, really, really tough game. Um, 
Defensively, UCLA had some major breakdowns in the secondary. Um, there were a couple things. I mean, uh, they weren't able to get enough pressure on DJ. Um, I think Oregon State had a pretty good game plan. They were getting the ball out pretty quick, and then when they weren't, uh, they, were, they were just picking their spots pretty well. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was not a banner day for the defense. Um, I thought the pass rush struggled to get consistent pressure. It was part of why I asked Chip Kelly earlier in the week about whether, you know, you bake it into your game plan that you're going to be able to get pressure with three and four. Um, cause this offensive line is pretty good. Um, and I thought they would, and they didn't, um, successfully get a whole lot of pressure with three and four. And then they started to have to send some blitzes and then, you know, things snowball from there. They're playing more man coverage and, uh, there were some busts. Um, uh, Darius Musau, I thought he busted the coverage on the first Jack Velling touchdown. Uh, the second one, watching it over a couple of times, I'm not sure if he did or if it was um, one of the safeties not sliding over properly. Um, but yeah, there were just defensive breakdowns. I mean, there were, there were some open guys where there hadn't been, and um, the 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 small, speedy receivers definitely won their matchups with the bigger cornerbacks. Um, John Humphrey had some tough times out there, but even Jalen Davies was not, it was not easy for him. Um, Oregon state has that kind of assortment of kind of small guys who can, um, who've got quite a bit of quickness and speed and it ended up being a much bigger challenge for UCLA's secondary than I thought it would be. Um, but I mean, the main thing was I thought they would do a much better job, uh, both stopping the run and rushing the passer and neither really went that way, that way for them. Um, I mean, I guess they stopped it okay, given what Oregon State had done coming into the game, but 4.8 yards per rush, eesh, that's not very good. Um, and only getting two sacks and five tackles for loss, that's uh, that's not the UCLA defense we've seen this year. So that was unfortunate, um, and that's just from like the player angle. Um, but look, and I know people get tired of us um, – railing on coaching but boy there were a lot of missteps in this game um let's just go in reverse order because i'm going to talk about the really frustrating part last um reverse order this isn't even like a debatable uh thing um when you score to go down 23 uh when you go down to go down 13 uh late in the game 36 23 the next play is a two-point conversion there's not even a conversation about it and it should be obvious why that is uh because then you're down by 11 instead of 12 what does 12 get you nothing what does 11 get you it gets you a different kind of score that will tie the game now sometimes this plays out in a way that it doesn't matter um where oregon state continues to score or ucla then scores a couple of touchdowns or whatever but it literally played out exactly in the situation where that does matter, which is if you had gone for two and gotten it and you were down 36-25, when you are struggling to punch it in at the end in the red zone, you don't have to go for it on fourth and eight, then fourth and 13, then fourth and 18 when you keep getting called for penalties. You can instead just kick the field goal and be comfortable being down one score with a little under six minutes to go. Um that's just a coaching failure. That's just um, putting yourself in a position to not succeed, putting yourself in a position to fail. Um, 
it, it just there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's just a a horrible piece of game management, and he did it twice. Like there was another opportunity on the previous touchdown to also go for two to go down eleven, and he chose not to do it then either. And it's just these are blunders that um, I would say ninety five percent of people sitting on their couches at home don't make. And I don't know what it is if there's not somebody in his ear telling him this kind of stuff, because I know when you're trying to manage a lot of things, there's whatever you're calling the offense. But that's just huge, huge preventable mistakes um, that very literally have a meaningful impact on the flow of the game. It's not like, oh, this point marginally increases your chances of victory by like 0.5%. No, no, no. Being down by 11 in that situation would have drastically changed UCLA's odds of victory. They would have they would have been in a position where on the final time they got the ball, they would have been within one score. Um, just changes the whole complexion of everything. Um, would have been able to run the ball. Like, just so many things that, um, you know, are, are just preventable and just absolute blunders. Um, that was That was very frustrating at the end of the game. Somehow that was not the most frustrating aspect of that of that game. The most frustrating aspect of this game was that UCLA, I believe, at I think at its peak, had nine passes to three runs through the first 12 plays of the game. Um, I, I, I'm at the point where I really, truly do not understand what's going on with the game planning. Um, there's sometimes when it's very good. And there's sometimes where it feels like um, I am just going to zig when everyone expects me to zag for the sake of zigging. Um, this one, Oregon State's run defense is horrible, um, and we knew that going in. They're like I think they were 118th or something in rushing success rate allowed, and then it played out exactly that way. Carson Steele uh, ran for five yards a carry, and it felt like it was at least three. Every single time he caught, carried the ball. And he got a lot of big chunker yards. Uh, Colin Schley was basically running free on like three or four of his runs. Um, TJ Harden averaged five yards a carry. Keegan Jones averaged 10 yards a carry. All told, UCLA had 284 yards on 50 attempts. So why, in the first quarter, in the name of God, were there only, I think, three runs? Okay, like, let's just, I mean, first quarter, one, two, three, four. So four passes uh, to um, to one run on the first drive. Uh, second drive, uh, two passes to one run. Uh, and third drive, one, two, three passes to one run. Just what what's going on? Like, I don't, I, I, I don't know, whatever. Um that put them in a big hole. Um, you run the ball. Dante Moore is not throwing picks. Um, you run the ball. You're scoring. I mean, I think every run-dominated drive UCLA had, they scored. Um, it's just, I don't know, these kinds of things where it's just, uh, and like, I'm not. People, like, said this on the in response to the last thing. I'm not an offensive coordinator. I'm not a former offensive coordinator. I'm a dumb guy sitting on a couch most of the time. Um, so... But the last three quarters of this game proved out what I think, again, 85% of the people who looked at, like, okay, what does Oregon State do well? What does UCLA do well? Okay, UCLA should do this. 
would have said should have been the game plan coming in. Um, and instead, they're throwing the ball, uh, Dante Moore, back across his body into traffic. Um, I don't know. Very peculiar. Uh, UCLA is 4-2 and two now. Um, you know, this was, as we talked about um, this week, this was a, like, big opportunity game, big chance to kind of get ahead of the sticks. Now UCLA is 4-2, and, two and um, you know, the big key is kind of the same thing coming out of Utah, which is avoid another one um, because, you know, baked into this season was at Utah, at Oregon State, at USC are going to be tough games. Um, not going to be favored in those games. So 9-3, and three, that was the prediction. And I think Tracy, you know, flipped it around and he had them winning at Oregon State or at Utah and losing at Arizona. But the point is... In aggregate, you got three games your uh, dogs in. Okay, three losses. Now it becomes a thing where it's, okay, now you have to, again, be playing defense in the next four games. You've got to avoid uh, a pretty bad loss because as wounded as USC looks, as flawed as USC looks, they're still going to be favored over UCLA at home. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's just, again, and it's hard to talk about a game that UCLA was down 36-17 coming out of the third quarter is like a missed opportunity. This was a missed opportunity for Oregon State at a blowout in some ways. But there were just a couple of things that really could have changed the complexion of this game, and they were both, in my mind, coaching failures. Dante Moore is who he is at this point, an extremely flawed quarterback who's going to throw some interceptions. I think I even wrote that in the preview. I'm baking in at least two interceptions in, in, his, in his game. Um, you have to have that mindset that, okay, even with that, how do you win a game? And you win a game against a bad running defense by running the ball. Um, yeah. A- anyway, I don't want to sound too glum. Uh, I don't want to bring anybody's night down. But um, just it was a very curious game from that perspective. It really wasn't very interesting. Um, you know, sort of every time UCLA had to pass the ball, it was an adventure. And every time they had to run the ball, it was pretty good. And Oregon State really didn't have much trouble moving the ball. Um, so, you know, uh, I think we've... I don't think it's time to like completely recalibrate your expectations of UCLA's defense. I think, you know, weird factors, a couple of busts, you know, I mean, how many of these points came off of turnovers or either indirectly or directly? I think it was uh, seven on the pick six, seven on another turnover and three on another. So, you know, that works out to 17 points, 19 for Oregon state then. Um, But still not great. So, Anyway, um, that's it for me. Uh, we'll be back again next this week uh, previewing UCLA's game against Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are in this lovely season. Uh, and Stanford just beat Colorado on the road. So maybe that'll be a little bit more interesting than we thought. Who knows? All right. Well, I uh, hope everyone has a decent enough night, and we will talk to you again next time.